Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the second session this morning. Hope your first one was as good as the one I was at. I really enjoyed it. Um, my name's Trudy Graffius, and I'm not a pastor. And I work at, it's on, I work at Chester Christian Center. And um, I work with the children's pastor, and I have about 20-some uh, years working in kids' ministries. And somehow, a lot of the distractible children in the area seem to find their way to our kids' church. <laughs> I don't know how that happens, but today we're going to look at some strategies to deal with those children, and we're going to cover some ideas of how to set up your room, things you can do to keep them engaged, and we'll discuss some tools of the trade and maybe some cheap ways to get them. So, first though, I'd like to open with prayer. Father God, I thank you and I ask you to come here this morning by your Holy Spirit. I pray that this class would be helpful and that the people would take away from it some useful strategies and things that they can take back to their own church. Just ask you to be with us, help us to keep it moving in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I'm sorry. It, it's not a mic, it's a recorder. You can't hear me? Talk louder. Okay. I always thought I talked really loud, but I'll do my best. All right. So, what kind of inattentive issues are you guys seeing in your churches? Anybody? Nobody seeing it? Yes. The squirmer that has to move. The squirmer that has to move. Yeah. What else? Getting up and running. Mm. Can't stop talking. All right, well, today we're going to look at a few of those things. And the way that I'm going to do that is by going through the same lesson. Excuse me. Excuse me. Hi. Hi. What's your name? Yvette. Yvette. Is this your first time here, Yvette? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, welcome to Kids Church. Thank you. You're welcome. But right now, <laughs> right now, excuse me, right now, we're doing this thing where you we're introducing the lesson, and you really kind of have to listen to it. How long will it be before it's over? <laughs> we try not not to make it too long. You know, uh, sometimes the kids that have trouble with toys and things in church, we have a special place where we put those during church. No, I'd rather not. Oh, but you know, I have something in here that's interesting. Ooh. Ooh. Well, if your toy wanted to wait in here, maybe one of these would like to come and be with you. Just one. Uh, I want this one. Okay, good. All right. So, the most common uh, the the most common form is the lecture format, and you know, Yvette, some of the kids that come here they like to sit on a ball instead of a chair. Well, I only have one ball here today. If you'd like sit to... sit over there on the side with the ball? I don't want to sit in the front with the ball. 
sure, you could sit over there on the side with the ball. But there are some things about the ball we have to remember. The ball is a tool, not a toy. Because if you get too wild and jumping on the ball, you can really get hurt. Can I bounce the ball? No, it's a tool, not a toy. Ooh. Okay, so we can put this chair so it won't roll downhill because our floor is a little cut. Yeah, you can bounce quietly, but you have to, yeah, stay on your ball. Okay? And that might help you listen. That helps a lot of people listen. All right. Well, I could have you over here. Really? Okay. Well, <laughs> you know what? Um, I could use an assistant. Yeah, but you know, if you're going to assist, you can't really talk. I have something I need you to hold up for the class. Okay. Come. Wait, do I need candy? I don't have any candy today, but you have a pencil. Okay. And it's a cool pencil. It's a cool pencil. Yeah. We're going to go over this memory verse. If you could hold this up while we go over it. Today's lesson is about the armor of God. So, therefore, take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything, to stand firm. That's in Ephesians 6.13. Is the Ephesians in the Old or the New Testament? The New. Can we say the books of the New Testament up to Ephesians? Let's try. Let's start with Matthew, Matthew Mark, Mark, Luke, Luke John, Acts, Romans, 1st Corinthians, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. Yeah. A cool way to remember that is God's Electric and Power Company. You may. Would you like to sit on the ball or back in your seat? In my seat. I think that would be nice. All right, how many of you people have a Yvette in your class? Okay. In our kids' church, in our kids' church, we try to make every lesson amenable to each of the kids in their different ways. So we have many things that we try and today we're going to look at a few of those but first I'd like you to meet Pastor Yvette. She's our children's pastor. <laughs> Miss Yvette, or in this case Pastor Yvette, if you could please pass those out and I hope we have one for everybody. The thing that we have to note is that every single class has to have some piece of a lecture format in it. And that is the toughest time for the distractible kids to have that lecture format. There's a few things you can do to help, but some days, I gotta tell you, some days are gonna be better than other days. But one of the key things is this. There needs to be a set of expectations. We don't call them rules. Expectations. And they need to be the same 
and they need to be constant and consistent and every kid needs to know them. So the new kids get introduced to the concepts and the older kids might need to be reminded. Well, during the lecture format, some of the things we tried, we tried the ball, we used those, we have about half of our seating at our church is the balls. And if you put them up by the edge of the table, the shorter kids can put their feet on the table thing and not fall off the ball. But balls are tools, not toys. Jumping up and down and jumping up and down and not stopping is dangerous because you bounce off a ball, you hit your face. So any toys, not tools activity, they lose the ball, they go back to the chair. And that's a very powerful reminder. Other things that you can do. Uh, just a second, there, we're not enough because more of you came. <laughs> yes. So if you can share with somebody and pass one down towards this end, that would be super. Uh, it's also been uploaded to the Synergy site, so you can also download, download it or look at it as a PDF on yourself. Ooh, who didn't get one? We have, <laughs> we have a couple here that are willing to share. Huh? Okay. Ah, some more. So some of the other things that we do that are passive, but if you have a child that's talking and talking and won't stop talking, there's a few steps you can try. First of all, you can try having one of your Hopefully you have helpers in your kid's church, but you can have your helper go near that child. If you're at a table and the talking is from the table, if a helper sits down at the table, that makes a difference. And the last thing you might do is you might actually touch the person on the shoulder. Just touch. It's amazing if you sit down with one of these chatty Cathy's how quickly they become quiet. <laughs> it seems to work well, but that presupposes you have someone to sit down with them, and I know that that's not always the case. If you're the person talking, teaching, and it's happening, obviously you can't sit down with this table. But you could come and talk to this side of the room specifically and a lot of the activity stops then because they're going to pay attention. Now, so a word of caution about the touch on the shoulder. We know the kids have come from a lot of different, different backgrounds. One of the focuses this year at Synergy is about foster kids. A lot of times come out of abusive backgrounds, so please know your kids before you touch them. Mm -hmm. um, So the other thing you can do, one other thing you can try is asking a direct question such as, how would you use the belt of truth in your life? Or where would you find out what the belt of truth is? Just something to draw the child's attention into you. And then, of course, go on to explain what you expected for an answer. Now, 
that is the lecture format and the lecture format primarily works for attentive listening kids and their children that and adults also who learn best by the written or the spoken word but as we've said even the most sedate student will eventually get tired if you just keep talking and talking and don't move on but the distracted learner doesn't have time to wait for whatever the interesting thing is that's coming. They can't wait. And, and they talk to their neighbor and they fidget. Um, your listeners are typically social, very social and interactive. The talking student, the distracted student's very interactive, not really interactive, just interruptive. You know, <laughs> these are called fidgets. We're going to give away a few of these today. We have a rule in our kids' church. If you hold up your hand when we say something, you don't get chosen. It's a rule. It is, it is a rule. Anyway, these are for the, they, they're not noisy, okay? They're, they don't talk like other toys do. They're just something that you can twiddle and fidget with. All right, so let's move on then. Okay, so then what are the other methods? I said that you always have to have a little bit of lecture in every lesson, otherwise you would never get to the lesson. Yes? Try to make your lesson as um, interesting as possible, like try to incorporate, mm -hmm. incorporate visuals or incorporate that you're um, not just boring, but that you can be right. used to incorporate them in the lesson, so that way... Right. All right, let's look at the next group of kids that I want to look at are the kids that are learners that learn by touching and doing. And they like to touch it, smell it, taste it, feel it, and then do it. All right? And so we have several different methods that have worked with this type of child. Um, sometimes you just have to be innovative. For instance, what can you do with this? You could color it. What else could you do with it? I can't hear you. <laughs> Cut it out. What about blow it up on your copier and cut out the pieces of armor and hand out the pieces of armor along with one of the pictures? And let's remember, let's remember, there are girl soldiers too. And then they can put the pieces of armor on as you study them. You could write labels up here and draw lines and they could fill in what are the pieces of honor, armor. You could put down, uh, where do you find it? You could put your memory verse up here. I'm just saying if all you have is a piece of paper with a picture on it, with colors, but you can, you can do more with this picture. For the older kids, and I did this one. This young man is now married. <laughs> but this is his soldier. 
fourth and fifth graders. We studied the armor of God every week. We studied a piece. Every week they made the piece and they put it on their soldier. This is not an expensive activity. This is a fake Barbie. Get it at Mark's for $1.49. When I did these, they were a dollar, so price has gone up. You want it for free? Ask the kids in the youth group. You got some Barbies you outgrew, or some Kens, or some G.I. Joes, and ask for donations. In they come. Then you've got this, you take off the original clothes. This is just some stuff that seemed like it was leather. It isn't really leather. But every week, let me tell you, the building of the helmet, that was a great thing. Those kids still remember to this day the parts of the armor. The helmet was made with uh, paper mache. You can go ahead and pass it around. The sword is from, uh, you buy them in the store, party store. You put fruits on them for drinks. Skewers. Yep. The, um, the belt, I think that's just a Barbie belt. It came from somewhere and it got repurposed. Shoes didn't create well, so we painted them on the feet. You know? So, now for the younger student, this is something really cool. The child lays down on the floor. This is one of our current kids. This is tablecloth material. Almost every church has tablecloth material. You lay the, the child down on table floor somewhere solid, not a carpet. You trace around their body. You let them color their body. You do your pieces and you fasten them on. Either do it weekly, do it however you're running your lesson series. This is a photograph of her face that was blown up on the uh, copy machine. Yep. She has really long hair. This son who's now you know 18 was in the, uh, the one of the classes when we did this and his home situation was not perfect and he moved many times and he took his soldier with him and hung it on the wall in three different places it's like because it's personal that's the thing the shield all right we need did I don't know if we got had time to look up online but you can buy shield blanks 
the This is, if you don't know about this company, learn it today. <laughs> this, is the, this is the company. <laughs> anyway, we ordered shield blanks. This particular shield, the kids in another class that we had, they designed this. This is our kids' church shield. They designed it. And... Uh, it has, of course, the Lion of Judah, and it has wings for the Holy Spirit and doves. And they, they had a whole story why they created this shield. But this is our kids' church shield. So this brings up some way of working with active kids. Uh, this was a group project, and we, uh, each, each table in our kids' church area, they became a small group for this project, identified these. A few things though, like every, this, this project, hands-on project doing this, great for distractible kids. But, like every method, there's also a downside. Distractible, distractible <coughs> kids can get too overstimulated. Uh, there are things you might have to calm them down. So up front, before the project starts, you have to make clear the expectations. And one of the things that we know, if you have children that are like budding artists, for instance, and you give them a coloring page, 
Three hours later, they're still on the coloring page. <laughs> we had a little girl a few weeks ago who her grandmother's begging her, please come home. She wouldn't get up from the table. There are a couple of strategies for that. One that I like to use is don't put out 64 crayons. Put out eight crayons. Talk about crayon etiquette. No, just because you have this marvelous idea in mind doesn't mean you can have 16 crayons and all the pink ones. You have to, crayons have to stay in the middle. Crayons, and crayons don't need to be sharpened every minute either. <laughs> the sharpener needs to go away. So these are ways of, of combating ahead of time maybe a, something that might get a little out of hand. The other thing is, if it's a project with a lot of pieces, like say you're going to do those, the coloring page and cut out the shield and the person, cut them out ahead of time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have whatever it is you're going to need today already done, lined up, and ready to go. All right? And Why, let me just, uh, there's a problem that you need, you need to come over here. Uh, why, why do you think it's important for you to cut things out ahead of time if you've got a, a few distractible kids in your kids' church area? You might lose them. You might lose them. I'm sorry? They'll play barbershop. They might play barbershop. Yep, that's true. A lot of times kids that are highly distractible do not have super fine motor skills. And so, if you put them in a situation where they have to cut things in front of their friends, they automatically feel defeated and they will disengage from the activity. Not because they don't want to do it, but because they're embarrassed of the result. And so if you've got kids, especially first through third grade, they should already have some decent cutting skills from school. But if they're highly distractible, it's highly likely that they do not. And so help them out. Go ahead and cut out those big bulky pieces, or if you're going to have the kids cut out something in class, don't make it these little teeny itty bitty swords. No way. They'll never get a straight line, and then their picture's going to look like the other guy's picture. It's one of the reasons why three uh, say blow up the picture. Yes. Make it a little larger so that they are not so embarrassed when they start that skill set that they're not going to really have a grip on. Same thing with reading. Be very cautious about asking a highly distractible child or a child who's on the spectrum to read in front of everybody else. In fact, we never ask kids directly. We ask for volunteers. And if we know it's a child who has a reading skill deficit because they've read for us before or we know because their parents talk to us, then we approximate ourselves right by the child to immediately be able to whisper the words they're struggling with and we applaud every effort. We never, ever, ever allow other kids to make fun of somebody who's struggling with reading, cutting, any of that kind of stuff. It's not okay to treat friends like that. So bullying's a zero tolerance for us. But if you if you know that child's probably gonna struggle with that reading, just be right there by them, over their shoulder, give them those words that they're struggling with. You know, um, if it's full of names, I intentionally blow up the names. I mean, I, I'm like, oh, that's Frankincense and Murphy awesome. You know, whatever it is, because I want to know those are hard words to pronounce and even grown-ups don't get it right. So be there as a support system for them, but know that your highly distractible kids probably have 
find motor skill deficits and reading deficits and be there ready to support them at every step. Now, one of the things that often happens with the distractible kid in the project is that they get so involved in the project, the lesson has nothing, they, they don't remember anything about the lesson whatsoever. So try to, to have your workers, or if it's just you, you, walk around and, you know, say things like, wow, that's a great shield. How does that tie into our lesson today? What did we say about the shield today? To try to bring them back to the lesson, because they can do art class in school. The, we need to like, we need to try to keep it on task and have something to do with our Bible study that we're doing. And another thing that uh, Pastor Yvette mentioned to me when we were doing this, which I didn't think of, is that sometimes when you try to bring the kid out of the project, it's that they are so involved in the project that they can't pull themselves away. You think they're being, you know, not, that they're not listening or they're not, not doing what you're asking. And in reality, it's because they're so focused on their project to get it done that they can't be pulled away right then. So the reason for that has to do with the structure of the ADHD brain. So they have frontal lobe executive functioning issues, right? And when you pull them away from it, the only thing that's going through their mind is, it took me 15 minutes to get to that point. How am I going to get back there? Because now, there's squirrels out the window and birds flying in the air and everything else that distracts them. So be very gentle. Give them time warnings. Okay, we've got 60 seconds left. Okay, we've got 30 seconds left. Let me count it down. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, we have to move on. Give them some warning or you will get a bitter child in your <laughs> Give them some warning. And don't be offended if the thing that they worked on for the entire kids' church just gets left there or crumpled or put on the floor. Because the object of the creation, especially in the younger child, is that they created. They're not like me that wants to keep it for 150 years. They don't really care. The whole thing was about the making, not necessarily the taking. So if whatever it is that, that went on all that day, don't worry about it if it gets left there. If it was truly an accident, there will be a kid running back upstairs saying, I forgot my such and such, you know. So not all the kids. There are the kids that go, Mom, you have to come up here. You have to see what I did today. Look what I did. And then there's the other kid that's like, oh, we're going now. Bye. So that, that's a little bit about the hands-on approach. Now, the thing I want to look at next is the movement-oriented activities. Act it out, sing it out, play it out. Games, games, games. I want to share with you something that I think is absolutely remarkable asset. I thought I had one. Hmm. Hmm. The clothespin. The miraculous clothespin. This can be used for so many things. There might be a blank one in here. That's what I'm looking for because I don't, yeah. I don't want to give you the blank one. Okay, who would like a clothespin? You would like a clothespin. Ah, uh, let's see. You would like a clothespin for sure. 
Here's a clothespin for you. Clothespin for somebody over here. Good catch. Clothespin. Here, have a clothespin. You're welcome. They're marvelous. Clothespins are wonderful. Not only that, they're cheap. Clothespin. 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 Oh, you want a clothespin. There you go. Last clothespin. Good catch. All right, you look at your clothespins. You might know that they have the pieces of armor on them. But some of your clothespins have what the pieces of armor are. This is a game. Find your partner. Your clothespin matches somebody else's clothespin. It might require you stand Yeah, and move even. Let's go, folks. Come on. Oh, oh, there's a taker over there. Once you find your mate, come on down here. Oh, no. What do you have? Sword of the Spirit. Oh. Somebody's got it, I assure you. Huh? Sort of the spirit. People that go together? Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, they're together. Someone is missing a spirit. Where? Who has the spirit? I knew there was somebody here. Okay. Join the other connected group. What do you have? Peace. 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 Shoes off. Wonder Twin app powers activate. So the cool thing about this game is that if you randomly hand them out, then buddies don't get to stay together, right? That's right. So everybody interacts with everybody else. I am one pencil short. We gave her one, remember? I know, but she's not part of the group. I should have given her. You can also have half of the verse on one side and the other half on the other. I'm lacking like one. We have all of the books of the Bible on clothespins. We have them separated by color and type. So like the books of the law are one color, the poetic books are one color, New Testament versus Old Testament, that kind of thing. And they put them in order around the rim of the bucket. Thank you so much.
I'm sorry, I don't have enough clothespins. I mean, I don't have enough switches, okay? I'm sorry, I don't have enough. I have two more. I have two more. I have two more. Yes, <laughs> I could. Right. So look for donations, whatever you can, for these small ticket items. It is very, very helpful for senior citizens who are on a limited budget to know they can go to the dollar store and pick up clothes and they give them something to kids' church. Generational investment is huge in our church. I push it all the time. And, and I can tell you that even senior citizens on a limited budget will find a dollar to buy clothes because they want to invest in Okay, so one of the next things that the kids really, really love to do, and it has to have, you know, rules up front always, come up here. Put your helmet on. Helmet of... <laughs> it has a strap. Breastplate of shield of sword of and she has her own shoes of the spirit. <laughs> Shoes of the preparation of peace are on her feet. Okay, so act it out. All right, there has to be some rules with act it out whenever we use it. Yeah, your sword won't come out. I'm sorry, it's been fixed. We have some rules. Nothing that you have should touch anyone else. You should not be knighting anyone with your sword, okay? Um, if the play becomes too active, too loud, and too distracted, then we have to go back to the seat and we can't continue doing it that way. The kids would do this every single week. We have things like pillowcase dress gown things. Halloween, I love Halloween. We have beards, fake beards. We have things that you pick up at Mark's at Halloween that the kids can put on. We have unlimited, we have bugs. We have a bunch of bugs. We have a rat. We have a bunch of different kinds of animals and props and things. Anything that you're gonna talk about, you can find enough stuff to put on a kid. They're going to pay attention, especially if they're part of it. They're going to remember that they were the soldier. Okay, thank you. One of the things that you want to do is you want to 
Thank you. Ah, yeah. The burning bush. Remember the, uh, what do you call that move? The worm. The worm. We had a river, so we had a worm, a person who kept doing the worm back and forth. Yes. Right. If they don't want to talk and they can't do the worm, they could be a bush. I'm a bush. I'm a bush. All right, I'm a tree. Having a box of props does not need to be expensive. This is from um, the Salvation Army thrift store. It was marked, you know, the tag day or whatever. I think it cost a few cents. It didn't cost a dollar. I know that. It cost less than that. So just... So just keep your eyes open as you're out and about to find those weird things that you pick up and they become part of everything. Now, for a more, on a little bit more serious note, uh, I want to say something about Kids Church itself and the management of it. And um, I'm going to, you want to pass these down the aisle. These are not keepers, guys. These this is a copy of our manual. I know that Kids Church is difficult to get volunteers that come on a regular basis. Um, it's an ongoing problem with every church. The current thought process is get 50 volunteers and they only have to come uh, one Sunday every three months. This does not work with kids. I know that we have to do it, apparently, to get help, but this does not work with kids. The kids need something that's consistent. And the people need to know the kids, the people that are working with them. If you sit down with a kid, a boy, say, you've got some little boy in your class, and you sit down and you say, say, is dad going to come with you to the father-son breakfast? And dad's incarcerated? You have just ruined that child's day. My grandson is very dyslexic. He can't read. Now, in our kids' church, that didn't, nothing happened. But at school, he wrote his report, and the teacher told him he needed to stand up and read it. It was an oral report. He even told the teacher, I can't read. That's a problem. The teacher made him stand up. He took the paper, he put it on the teacher's desk, and he walked out. You've got to know your kids because you're their front line. You're their protectors when they come to Kids Church. This is a manual that Pastor Yvette worked up, and everybody that works in Kids Church has the manual, and we have regular meetings. That way, people are all on the same page. 
We have different things that we do, but discipline is always a problem. Nobody ever speaks to the parent about a problem except Pastor Yvette. If I have a problem with a child, I tell Pastor Yvette. She knows the families better, and it's not my place to speak to the parent. But someone needs to speak to it, false to Pastor Yvette. Now, one of the things that we didn't speak about was some cues that we use in kids' church to avoid having to do discipline. In our kids' church, we do a one, two, three, eyes on me. Whatever it is that you use for a signal, everybody has to know it, and it has to be used consistently. And when you have that, that stops everything in kids' church. If I yell that, if anybody yells that, everything stops. And then we can reset. Maybe we need to reset at our table because we're out of hand. I don't know where we need to reset, but that gets their attention. It stops the noise, and it doesn't single out a, a, a particular child either, which is a good thing. Now, besides the, the regular meetings, look around your church. There's two areas, I think, that are being missed in a lot of churches. Your older teenagers, our most faithful helpers are two older teenagers. They're there early every week. One gets his mother up to drive him. She has to come back later with the rest of the family. They are, they, they are good workers. Sometimes they're a little silly, but they are good workers. They are dedicated to it, and they feel important, and so they continue. So I would say look to your older teenagers, and then look to your grandparents. Look at me. I'm a grandparent. Don't always think you got to have some young person. Kids love the grandparents. It's grandma and grandpa. I have a missing tooth. I've had a missing tooth there for many years. It's too expensive to make the tooth, right? So I'm working with this little girl one day, and she said, oh, Miss Trudy, are you missing a tooth? And I said, yes. And she said, I didn't know grandmas could lose their teeth. <laughs> I said, I told her, grandmas can lose their teeth very well. They just don't grow them back. <laughs> okay, so discipline, we've talked about the fact that if you have to have a rotating staff, try to have somebody with the staff that's not rotating. Try to have somebody that'll make a commitment to be there regularly. Maybe they want to go to, um, you know, adult church once a month. So perhaps they could do it, say, the first Sunday of every month, and then you know, two, three, and four, you have somebody there that knows the kids. I, I just can't stress that enough, that you need to know the kids.